our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hello, Simran. Hey, hey, Sonia. You know what? I have been so interested in like watching your day-to-day activities recently. For those that don't know, Sonia is actually going on an overseas experience, an OE, to Canada for a little while so do you want to just tell us what the prep is moving countries yeah I mean I guess in terms of prep it does depend on what kind of visa you're going on so I am going on a working holiday visa and it black and white lays out everything that you need to do before you get to Canada so it's I'm following a list essentially and it makes it very easy think more of the stuff that are not listed is like decluttering, packing up your room, figuring out like what you want to leave in New Zealand. At this stage, I plan on coming back at the end of the two years or maybe a little bit before that, but you never know what might happen. I'm thankful that like my parents have like a house here and they plan on staying here for ever, so I can just store most of my stuff like in a little box and put it in like the corner of the garage. I'm a planner. I like to get things done ahead of time. So I have actually gotten most things done and I'm still like a month away from leaving. And I just know that it's going to future Sonia on the day of departing is going to be like, wow, she, she did that. I've printed out everything and like I put it in this like little file because they like quiz you at the border you know, because entry isn't like confirmed, confirmed. So there's actually still a chance that they look at my documents and decline me entry into Canada. Really? Mm -hmm. That is not information I knew. So like we could sabotage your leaving? I mean, you totally could. I feel like you've been doing it since day one, which is odd, which is very strange because you're the one that bullied me into leaving the country. So... See, I don't appreciate when you say that because all I said is, hey, you say you're going to leave every year. Like, I'm trying to help you. And then you go off and come. Anywho, the economy. Am I right, ladies? Now, with the stock market, as we've established, it is crashing. It is burning. We are not doing so well. There is what we call a bear market occurring, which in simple terms means that, in essence, the entire stock market in the US and in many other countries, including New Zealand and the UK and Canada, have dropped by 20% since its recent high. So 
What are we going to do during the stock market crash? What is Sim and Sonia going to do to protect ourselves during this time? And what are we not going to do? And that is stress out, be overwhelmed and not be able to sleep off the bat. Everything that we are doing are things that I think in essence make us say, does this make life easier or does this make life harder? And I think that kind of encompasses how we make our decisions. But we wanted to give you a little bit of an insight on what we do, the four things we're doing differently, and hopefully you can get more of an understanding about how investors like to deal with crashes and what's actually happening. Like Sonia, like, are we pulling our hair out? No. Are we crying about the stock market? Not yet, but what are we doing? What are we doing differently? So one thing that we are doing off the bat, both Sonia and I, is we are not putting in money into the stock market that we need in five years time. So for example, if I wanted to save up for a car in two years time, that's not money I'm putting in the stock market. If Sonia wanted to save up for a home deposit, that's not money she's putting in the stock market if she was planning to buy a home within five years time. Why? There have been periods of time where I have put in money in the stock market that I've needed in shorter periods of time. Like when I was buying my home, I knew I needed it in two years time. And that was in 2020. Would I put in money now for a home deposit in two years time? Absolutely not. And the reason being is we don't believe that the volatility of the market is going to be on our side and that it's going to, like if we put in $1,000, it's probably going to be worth $800, you know, in this shorter period of time. You never know. In the long term, it will go up or I'd hope it would go up. But that's just where my head's at. Thoughts, Sonia? I think you've put it perfectly. I too am not putting anything in the stock market that I would need in five. I would be as bold to say 10 years time because I don't really want to touch that money, if that makes sense. That actually hasn't changed from when I first started investing a few years ago, to be honest, because I've never outwardly been like, I want to invest for a house deposit or I want to invest for like something in particular. I know it's for the future um, and I have been pretty consistent with it, of course, but I always know for me personally that with my investing money, it's not money that I'm trying to pull out in five to 10 years time. I think this is a great lead up to the second point in terms of something that I'm doing a little bit differently and that is changing how much I'm investing every month and I've actually decreased the amount. Like when you move overseas and in terms of like travel plans and just costs, like the first, I would say three to six months of being in a new country, I don't know what my budget is going to look like. I just need more disposable income sitting in a savings account or in my bank account right now that I can use like straight away, not something that I'm putting into like, you know, the stock market and then potentially getting lower returns like when I need it in an emergency, if that makes sense. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I think with this bear market right now, some people are going to be investing less and some people are going to be investing more. And I think it's like a moment to determine for yourself where are you going to stand. And you might be in Sonia's position where things Mm -hmm. are kind of happening in life, things are moving around, and you would rather hold that cash and not invest. Like if you put maybe – $200 in every month, you might go, well, hey, there's a few things moving parts in my life. 
I'm going to hold maybe an extra $50 that I would have usually put in and just keep that for myself. And so you might be decreasing how much you invest. You also might be like me who has nothing going on in their lives and there's no movement and you know you're going to be in New Zealand and you know that you know things are going to be quite stable in terms of life. So you might find that you, if you have extra cash, you might be investing a little bit more. So I'm actually doing the opposite. I am investing a little bit more, not a lot. Let's say if I put in $500 a month, I'm maybe putting in $550 a month, just a little bit more to deal with the fact that because the market has dropped, things are a little bit cheaper. So rather than maybe being able to buy five shares, I can buy seven shares with a little bit of more money. And so I'm trying to take advantage of these dropping shares, but this is not an advantage for the short term, it's for the long term. Do you get what I mean? I do get what you mean. I, th- I think this is why it's super important to know actually what your investing goals are. But have you seen that TikTok where the guy is like, stop bullying people into getting mortgages? It's kind of the same. You just got to do you. That TikTok is something you sent me and you were like, Simran, this is you. And I just want to clear the air. You don't have to buy a house. <laughs> Yet. The silent is like yet. I feel like the pressure is going to be on, like on the brink of turning 30 if I don't have a house. Sim is going to be like, it's time for an intervention. What the F are you doing? I don't (laughs) imagine like instead of like a group of family being like, Sonia, where's your husband? When are you going to get married? When are you going to have children? It's just everyone being like, Sonia, where's the house? Yeah. And that, you know what? It's fair. Like I think. No, I mean, it's not fair. No one should be bullied into buying a home. I think that's a... Uh, a boundary I'm willing to step away from. I do like how like your blood pressure rises when you talk about property and my like repetitive dumb questions because I feel like I do do it to get a rise out of you and it's actually quite entertaining. So keep doing it. Honestly, I'm going to start tracking my Apple Watch every time we have a meeting because my blood pressure when you talk to me just goes through the roof because you're like, hmm, should I buy a house? And I'm like, yes, yes. Oh my God, yes, do it. And then you're like, hmm, maybe not. And then I'm like, I was so close. Anyway, basically so far, the two things we're doing differently in the stock market is we are not putting in money that we want to pull out in the next five years, which also means we're changing how we're investing. For Sonia, you're putting a little bit less because you've got some life changes. For me, a little bit more boring, putting in a little bit more because I'm not moving around. The third thing that we're doing during the stock market crash is we are reading the stock market news less but we're still reading them now coming from me myself and I the person that probably reads more stock market news than anyone I know probably is on the forefront for being labeled the Wall Street Journal's number one fan they probably have my IP address as like the number one hits from any part of the world I have not been reading stock market news as much and that is for my own sanity because I know what's going down. What are you going to tell me that's going to change that? What are you going to say to me that makes me go, oh, that's going to change how I invest? Like it's just going to be news article after news article about like different companies that are going bankrupt or losing funds or Bitcoin is down even more. I just, I know this and I know it's going to happen and it's not going to change what I do. So I'm not checking it multiple times a day. 
For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone, and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. I think that is so interesting that you're saying that. What was the breaking point for you? Like, did you just read one article that really grinded your gears and you're like, you know what? I don't need this. <laughs> Do you think I was like, this is negative energy and CNBC needs to calm down? No. So I wake up, I check my social media, then I check my news apps. BBC, News Hub, NZ Herald for the lols, and Reuters for like worldwide news. It's a great start to my morning. It makes me live, laugh, love life. And then I go and check my money apps or like my investing apps. And I've noticed I haven't been doing that as much. And then I have to like actually remind myself like, wait, you need to check CNBC, like what's going on there? So it's just been a subconscious effort of not being interested in checking. I think it's just been a subconscious effort and it's come from the fact that the news is just going to be the same and I will honestly open it up, know what I'm expecting. Oh, everything's down. Cool. Exit the app. It's helpful to have such a matter of fact, like attitude about it. Cause I agree with you. I have been checking the news less. <laughs> I think I have grown a lot the past two years because before, like when COVID was happening and there was like that 2020 like stock market crash and it was just wild because we still didn't know what COVID looked like and everything like that. But usually I would just dissociate completely. I'd be like, I don't need to read anything. I love being oblivious. I love that like I don't know some things and I'm ignorant to a few things. Whereas now, being in the game for a bit, I've built up my resilience. Like I know things are fact. I know why I'm like I know how long I'm investing for. And I can actually read the news and not be so emotionally pulled by it. That's about the economy. <laughs> and I feel like there is a lot of privilege that comes with that. And I do understand that. But just so you know, I'm a little anxious gal and I it has taken a few years to get to this point. And I don't sit there for like an hour straight and like read through articles. If something pops up and it's of interest, I do read the whole thing instead of avoid it altogether. Wow. Did you ever read my weekly money stock market column? You have a column? Sonia. When did you start writing that? That's big news. I didn't you, realize you were a you stock market this. columnist. Nah, I do read it. I read your one about the lipstick effect. That was kind of cute. 
Did you like it? I did like it. We'll need to do an episode on it as well. Very interesting stuff. Sorry, I'm blushing now. The thing with reading stock market news less is like a lot of people will be like, what if you miss out? I think people might listen into this and be like, okay, Sim and Sonia, like, sure, I'll read it less. But what if there's important information? What if something big happens and I miss it? You know, I should check it every day and I should keep my finger on the pulse, right? And to answer your question, yes and no. First of all, research has shown the more you check the news with the stock market and the more you check your own portfolio with the stock market, the lower your returns are. It's like an inverse relationship. So if I check my stock market news and portfolio three times a week, I'm going to be better off financially, literally in like money, than the person that checks their stock market and the news five times a week, Monday to Friday. That's actually the difference between how men and women invest in the stock market. To make a general term or in the general sense, women do check three times, men check five times. And that's one of the factors why women actually make more money in the long term because we're just not trying to play the game of short-term market returns. No one in the history of the stock market has looked at the news and read one article that has substantially changed how they invest and then has gone on to make hundreds of thousands of more dollars than they would have otherwise. The news, it's not going to tell you something that if you've done the fundamental course or you've learned or you've read books that you're not going to know. It's just going to be information about here and now, not information about the rest of your investing career. I think it's so interesting because like you don't even realize what you're doing. Like you're just like, yeah, I'm just checking the news every day. And then the decisions that you make from like the feelings that you have about reading the news, that is what makes like that difference wild. Right. Like it's like little things add up. Like you read the news, like this was crashing and this is crashing and this is crashing. And oh, by the way, the dollar store or the dollar tree store did really well in the last recession and then you might subconsciously go well maybe I should buy this from this article but then you know are you going to do your due diligence and would you have bought that company if it wasn't for an article and therefore is this actually going to help you with your long-term goal like is this going to help you retire earlier or are you better just sticking to your dollar cost averaging into a mutual fund that you know you've been a part of that you've already researched so it's very like time versus energy versus actually the outcome doesn't really add up when you're trying to make decisions from a news article. It's as if like your if your best friend, like if Sonia came up to me and she was like, Sim, I am going to start using, I don't know, turmeric face masks and there was no other information. I wouldn't be like, okay, let me go do it. You know, actually, no, I take that back. I would be like, sure. I'll do it. But that's on me yeah. and that's on me like not. Our ancestors are like, excuse me? <laughs> I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. But that's not me making an informed decision. And I, I can't expect my pimples to go away off this one piece of information. Like I need to do my own research. Yeah, it's honestly boring. But the thing is, investing is boring. Like good investing is not five screens running around making quick, fast smart decisions it's sticking to something doing it well and doing it over the long term there was this investing quote which was about you know investing should be as exciting as watching paint dry on that note what is our fourth thing that we're doing 
during the stock market crash because it kind of links up to that quote. It is. We're doing absolutely nothing. (laughs) When it comes to changing what we invest in, we are making no changes whatsoever. I have a question for you, Sonia. In this bear market, does any part of you want to change your portfolio? Are you like, I want to change it, but like, I know I shouldn't, or like, do you genuinely have no desire to change? I have no desire to change. First and foremost, like, I think part of it comes from just being a little bit of a nano investor and being a little bit lazy. And the amount of time, effort, energy, and research that I might need to do to like switching up my plan right now amongst moving countries and trying to do other like things it just doesn't seem like the best bit for me so no I have no desire I agree and then someone on the other end of the spectrum who isn't moving around like I would say has the time and the energy to change my investing style if I wish to no part of me is looking at this decline and going oh I should probably invest in more xyz part of me has considered investing in more commodities because commodities do well when inflation runs high. But a lot of commodities are things like oil and gold or even like wheat. For some people, investing in crude oil is not something that they are interested in doing. And for myself, even though it is possibly a better idea if I wanted to make some short-term investing goals, then I would be investing in those things. You know, if I wanted to buy a home in two years and I was like, oh my God, stock market's dropping. This is really rough, but crude oil, gold, they're going to hedge against inflation. I would be more inclined to invest in those. But because I'm investing for the long term, I'd rather just invest in the S&P 500, invest in, you know, VT, the total, you know, world fund from Vanguard. Those things for me make sense because I know that they will rise back up in five, 10 years time. And that's what I'm after because crude oil and gold, they won't rise as high when the time comes. They're just going to help during this moment in time. But I don't mind my stocks dropping in this moment in time because I'm literally not touching them. What would you say to someone that is listening and they're like, I kind of want to be able to make decisions like that. Is there questions that you ask yourself in that research to like assess if something is more short-term gain versus long-term gain? I guess the thing that you want to ask yourself before choosing what to invest in is like where your goals are and what you're heading for. So if you are looking to, let's say, buy a home and you want to buy it in five years time and this is your investing deposit for that, then you might go look. I don't know if the stock market is going to fully recover in five years time. It may not. It may. I hope it will, but it might not. I don't know. Sonia doesn't know. No one has a crystal ball. But what you would want to do in that instance is probably decide, well, I need some things that are going to stop my portfolio from dropping. Commodities, they are life jackets. They're going to keep you afloat. They're not going to give you, you know, the world's best return, but they're going to stop your portfolio from dropping from like 20% to maybe 5%, maybe 2%. So you're probably better off having some life jacket, you know, assets in there. For someone that is like yourself or me, where we're not bothered for at least the next 15 years, we don't really need life jackets to take us through the stage because we're not investing for this period in time. So the idea of investing in commodities to keep us afloat during this period of time doesn't matter because we're not pulling out during this period of time. In conclusion, 
We're doing nothing. In conclusion, I think this bear market is happening, right? Like we can't avoid it. It's really stressful. You know, it's not easy seeing your shares drop in value. But in saying that, there are things that you can actually actively do to make sure that you can ride through this bear market without a huge amount of stress. That's the main point, you know. The four things that we're doing is we're only putting in money that we don't need in this short period of time, in five years' time to be exact. We're not changing, you know, what we're investing in, but we are changing how much we're investing. And that's more related to our personal lives. Where Sonia's investing a little bit less, I'm investing a little bit more. But what we are both doing is not reading the news as much because it's not going to change the outcome of what we're after. If your goal is to invest, to retire a millionaire when you're, you know, 40 years old or 50 years old, the news right now is not going to change that drastically. And so why take the stress on yourself to follow every single movement of the market? It's like, it's just unfair for yourself. You have better things to do with your life. You could be watching Love Island. That's what I'm doing. To finish off our disclaimer, so Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. 